Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, we're going to start by talking rugby. We go over to, I think he should be in France now. Can you say bonjour? Bonjour, bonjour, Tabiso. Okay, now that means you're in France, right? Yeah, that's where my French ends, so let's not take any chances. <laughs> <laughs> that's where mine ends too. <laughs> so I was always going to leave it there. But thanks for being able to speak to us. You, you are traveling with the box for the end of the year tour to Europe. But let's go back to... Uh, firstly, how are things in France? How's the weather there? It is uh, south coast of France and the Mediterranean is absolutely beautiful. It is nothing like... Uh, the cold, short, uh, late autumn days that we experience in Dublin. It is absolutely beautiful here. And do you get a sense that there is a big rugby match this weekend? Are they, they started to talk about it, to build up to it. How serious are the French about their rugby? Um, look, I haven't travelled around enough um, to make that particular assertion, to be honest. Um, I haven't uh, moved around, so to, 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 to just get it just of um, how they're feeling about it. I think most probably tomorrow I may get a fairer idea of um, how the how the local populace is actually taking to this game. Um, I mean, yesterday there was a big game that took place here in Marseille that was that being um, Olympic uh, Marseille and this and uh, and Diona. So look, so it's one big weekend. It's one big weekend to one other big weekend. So, look, I mean, France going to this game on the back of 11 consecutive, uh, 11 and beaten matches. So, and it's, so it, this game will be a big deal. It's their first meeting in four years. The, the French team we are seeing now is very different from the French team that actually played the Springboks uh, back, in, back in 2018. So, it's going to be interesting to see now how the box will actually be able to actually deal with that particular side. Okay, we'll get to that later in the week, maybe. But let's go back to Dublin, where you guys were this past weekend. Firstly, how was the atmosphere at the Aviva? Is it Lansdowne Road? It was, it was called Lansdowne Road, right? Yeah, it's, no, 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 no. It, it's called the Aviva Stadium. It is on Lansdowne Road. And for sponsorship reasons, um, when they've got, let's say, European matches, then they refer to it as a Dublin arena. But look, um, it, the atmosphere was amazing. It was intense. Um, it, was one, it was one of those games that... Uh, one of those um, experiences where how, I, I sometimes you battle to put in words. You just need to be there. It's like someone will tell you that someone will tell you that I you've been to Lansdowne Road, you've been to Cardiff. Um, you see people posting videos of national anthems at a particular venue. Um, you realize that it, it's it, 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 it's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, you, so you kind of feel sorry for a nation like Ireland not not having. Um, the best ground infrastructure to host World Cup because the World Cups because simply because you don't get that many grounds um, with uh, high capacities. I mean, for example, the biggest stadium in Ireland, for example, is Croke Park with eighty-two thousand, and then your next and then your next ground would be your Aviva Stadium um, with the, this thing with fifty-one thousand. Then RDS isn't a particularly big ground, so is Kingspan um, in Belfast. So is um, I'm trying to think, Tomon Park in Limerick. Um, where where Manchester play, it's not a, it's not a particularly big crowd, so you start to think of whether a, a country with so much rugby potential, rugby um, with so much rugby potential, um, would be in a position to host a World Cup. But look, the the, the rugby culture, the the Gaelic Athletic Association culture, 
um, in the, the, in Ireland is very big, and they love the sport. They love the sport. So it's one would love to see a a, a country like Ireland hosting all cup. But hopefully, if 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 the World Rugby, for example, would put their commercial interests aside um, and actually try to grow the game, a country like Ireland should be given an opportunity to host the World Cup outright. Okay, before we go any further, we've already got Colin on the line and he wants to talk rugby. I thought he'd want to talk cricket because he said last week that this Proteus team, one day they can beat anybody, the next day he doesn't know what happens with them. Colin, a good evening and thanks for calling us from Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about the cricket. Man. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> leave, leave that. You know, I don't think I'm ever going to damn watch cricket anymore. Anyway, Tabisho. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's we, not, it's not, uh, doesn't get better with the rugby also. <laughs> yes, but hang on, but hang on, the rugby, wrong decisions. You see, rugby, cricket's different. But anyway, let's get to the rugby. Um, uh, the last game we played against the All Blacks, we, we just lost it. Because our captain, Colisi, I gave him the blame there for not stamping his authority and telling him to go for the post. Four penalties in picking range. We had it on. If we just put two over there, we were one by two points. If we put three over, we were one by four, five points. But anyway, Saturday's game, there was a sitter waiting for Valencia. What made Kulisi? And Valencia was eager to go for the post. And, and yeah, Kulisi comes over to kick out. And yeah, he doesn't kick it out. And they counterattack us. And they score. You see, wrong decisions. That is the problem. Now, Colisi should have allowed him to go for the post, and we would have drawn that match if he put it over. It was right in front almost. Now, the thing is this. A captain, he must make up his mind. When he sees his kickers on getting the touch, and he is positive, there's a chance for three points. Go for it. And in this rugby, you grab every point you can. Don't try and go long range, kick out, and depend on your line outs. And the Irish taught them a lesson at their own game in the forwards. Thanks very much, Tabizo. Okay, thanks, um, thanks, Colin. And I remember, I think, just before that or after that, Ireland also had a chance and they went for goals and they got the points. But um, can you saw from your side, though, um, where did Ireland get the better of the Springboks, firstly? Uh, look, it's. I think it's always... When you play the Springboks, it's always a case of which team uses the opportunities better. And I think that was where the difference was because the Springboks were able to get into Wales, into, into Ireland's 22, but not being able to convert the opportunities. And what Ireland did very well was that when they got into the box 22, 22, they scored. I mean, if you look at their 10 minutes in that second half, they had two 22-meter entries. What did they come back with? They came back. They came back with tries. So when you're in that position where you find yourself in a in in, in a place where point scoring becomes a significant possibility, you are then in a position where you are then you then need to actually make the most of it. And I think it's one of the things that Sia Kodisi, as captain, said in the in the post-match press conference that they offered they were a big problem that they had. And they one that they need to resolve is them being able to convert their try scoring opportunities because it has been a problem for them. So the box are doing a lot of things well. They're able to move from the 22, from anywhere on the field into the 22. The issue starts when they get into the 22. They just seem to have an ability, an inability, to be incisive 
and accurate. And I think that's probably the biggest problem that they have at the moment. Talking about accuracy, the kicking is proving to be a big problem now. Velemse is, is not a first-choice kicker at the Stormers. There was no specialist kicker in the squad. Uh, they left a lot of points there. I mean, they made the change with uh, Cheslin also coming to kick. Are the box not take? Why are the box not taking this department seriously enough, though, Kanyes? Look, um, I think when you've been spoiled for choice um, in the in terms of having accomplished goal kickers um, like Andre Pollard and Elton Yankees, you don't actually have to look in a lot of directions for goal kickers. Now, when those two fly-offs are out, it also starts to speak to a a, a unique South African culture where a lot of fly-offs sometimes aren't necessarily picked for their playmaking abilities, but are picked as very good kickers. Whereas some countries, for example, are happy to play a playmaking fly-off and know that someone else in the team will deputize from a goal-kicking perspective. I mean, if you look at France, for example, France had Thomas Ramos um, as their goal-kicker, and he kicked very well. I think it was his points that actually kept um, the French in the game to a point where they are actually able to beat Australia. So I think at some point, I remember at the Lions, um, at, at, in the peak, and um, Johanna Ackermann, What they did very well is that uh, Elton was on hand to, to, to convert those ones. And they had long-range penalties to run Combrink and then to cover. So at least if you had a, a rotation for players in terms of actually being able to, to, to kick, um, it, it, it always worked out easier. And also sometimes you'd feel that it does reduce the pressure on players um, where now you don't have to have, a, let's say, players who are now what's what I'm looking for and to compensate why you now need to pick a kicker who's not necessarily a great player um, in or is the best labels, but you, you pick them because you know that when it comes to point scoring opportunities, you are able, you are then able to rely on them. So look, I mean, it, it's you could say partly they're not taking the department seriously, but also it's just a design of it's a regular currently hamstringing them at the moment. But how should it be? Should you not pick a guy that can kick first, because you're always going to get opportunities to kick, and and those are points. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. They, you're very much correct. You, you do need a kicker in the team at all times. But also you need that particular person who is a kicker to bring other skills to the, to the fore. Um, because later you can't pick a fly-off who can kick but can't manage a game. Because then what is the use of you being a fly-off if you're unable to manage a game? Um, even if you can manage a game from a kicking perspective, there will, there will be matches that open up that require a fly-off to take charge of a particular fixture. So let, it, it hence why I, I, I say that at times you do need, even if there's a flyer who's not necessarily the best place kicker, but if it's very good from a tactical, uh, from, from a game management attack perspective, um, you then hope that there is a player within the back line who's actually a very good goal kicker, but who's also ex- excelling in their position, like a Thomas Ramos, for example, where you know that he's playing at fullback, but he's also a very good goal kicker. You see, he, he can pick himself as a player, and pick himself as, as a crack goal kicker. Colin raised an issue about decision making. There was a, there was a time when they could have gone for for polls, but they went they, they they went for touch there. Johnny Sexton also had an opportunity, and they went for goals. Uh, what do you make of the decision making? And is it fair to blame it solely on the captain, or is it a, is there a leadership group who makes these decisions on the field? Look, I mean, it it, it becomes a tricky one in that you have a a challenge where you haven't got two reliable goal kickers. So what do you need to do? Do you spurn those opportunities or do, do you do do you erode their confidence by making them kick for goal 
or even from positions that they generally wouldn't because they're not a Cambridge goalkeeper. Or you'll try use a, a, a main point scoring source that is the Rodney Mall, which is neutralized by Ireland. So sometimes you are your decisions are born out of the circumstances that you find in. And with the box not having a a, a, a blue chip goal kicker on Saturday, I mean, then they were then forced to use the mall, I think, more than they needed to. Um, I think the mall could the mall could have and should have been an element of surprise more than a go to. I mean, look at how Ireland used the mall. They use it as a as a as a mode to catch the spring box on the hop, which that uh, that the try that the scored being an example of that. So I mean, I think if there's anything that the box would have taken, I think that would have been the biggest lesson they would have taken from the game in terms of how they utilize them. The, the mall um, in, in, in a clever manner more than anything else. Okay, we are speaking to Sport24 reporter Kanye Sochuaku, who is in Europe, is now in France, has travelled with the box for their end of the year tour, and we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with the voice notes. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. You touched on the forwards just before the break, and the box pride themselves on dominating the forwards battle. How were they not able to do that on Saturday? Um, look, I mean, the, 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 the thing Ireland have actually got these very competent forwards. And you don't even have to look far to watch them week in, week out in the URC, where they dis- dis- distinguish themselves very well. So, again, I think sometimes the, the, the modus operandi that the box use does lend them to being slightly vulnerable um, when a team meets their forward challenge. And, when they, and, and I think what, what Wales, what Ireland did have was a very, very, very competent forward group that was able to combat the, the, the South African threat. But also, South Africa showed a very, very, very decent manner in which they can play in the second half where they're actually able to take the ball through the phases. And that, I think, is a lot of what people, a positive that a lot of people didn't quite notice, but especially when they were chasing the game. They played a brand of rugby that I felt was very, very, very um, productive. Um, accurate, no, but productive, yes. And one would hope there was a bit of accuracy. Um, that particular game plan gets better. Um, again, the thing is, the thing is, South Africa do have a very good pack of forwards, but teams also plan for them. I mean, if you at, at almost every press conference that I've been to for with regards to Springboks this year, you'll hear that coaches saying that we know what's coming, we know what's coming, we know what's coming. So I think if you, if there's one thing that the box just need to practice a wee bit, it's a bit of variation. I think once they get the variation issue right, and they're able to catch teams. Um, in, 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 in just doing different things um, in terms of, of catching them short. Okay, let's take a few voice notes for the rugby. Good evening, Tabiso. Good evening, Kanyiso. I watched the game and I don't know what's the plan for Ninaba and Rasi. Because, tell you the truth, you cannot go into that game without a, a kick him fly half. Okay, we don't have... Pollard, but I think it's time to give the likes of Mani Lipok the chance to, to, to play. If we had a kicker there, I'm, I tell you, we're going to beat them by over seven points. You could see they even changed the kickers. Like, uh, it, it, it was so disappointing for the big team like the Springboks not to have a fly half while we have Mani Lipok in that team. It's so disappointing. I think they should get their act together and start fielding the right people to go and do the job. Uh, Tabiso, I think uh, w- with regard to the Irish game, it's a simple thing in my analysis that didn't go right for us. The first is that when our forwards were neutralized, we didn't appear to have a plan B. 
uh, typically a plan B in a case like that is that when you can't play to your strength, then you can be able to pick up the points through uh, accurate kicking. The plan B for us would have been to do that. But because we don't have a proper number 10, because we've created this crisis at 10 that we seem not to be able to resolve, then it means we don't have a plan B. Uh, I sense uh, again, Tabiso, in the, in the other games that are going to come leading to the World Cup, we're going to have the same problem again. We need to resolve the number 10 situation so that that can give us options in an event that, uh, you know, that the strength that we have with the forward pack is being neutralized. Then we can have something else to play with. Okay, okay, thanks for those. We're going to have to move on quickly. We want to talk cricket next. Um, can you so what? How's the injury to Lord Deaga? Oh, is it gone? Hey, bonjour, can you so? Oh, okay, I think we've lost him there in France, in Marseille. Probably can't wait to go check out the nightlife, can you so, Chaco? But, but, but um, they did say that Lord Diaga is out. I just wanted to know, like, obviously it's serious, but how serious is it? Is he just out of this game against Marseille, against France in Marseille, or is he out of for the end of the year tour? And surely Franco Mostert comes in then, guys, because uh, he, he had a great game off the bench there. Um, to partner Eben Elizabeth at lock, does he? Should he? And okay, can you so just a quick update on the injury? We've got him back on the injury to Lord Diaga. How serious is it? Well, according to the according to what Dion Davids told us um, at the press conference yesterday, he has actually left the team. And in leaving the team, that means he won't be partaking in any part of the tour. So it is a sad mm. a, a it's very sad news. But look, I mean I mean, Lord, for example, has been an ever-present. A very um, remember that he's, he's had shoulder issues in the past, but it was very heartening to see that he's got through a lot of matches um, over the past few seasons um, for the Springboks. So while it is bad news, um, is while it is bad news, the fact that he's injured is bad news. Mm. But it's, he's also got through a number of fixtures for the Springboks over the past few years. Over the past few years. And I remember when we spoke to Ashwak Mohammed, he raised concerns about the depth that lock or the lack of depth that lock. So who comes in now? I won't call it a lack a lack of depth that lock because if you if you realize this, there's there's Salman Murat, um, there's Marvin Ori. Um, look, there's a Jason Jenkins who's going to be playing for SAA. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it a lack of depth um, because I think also when you replace a lock, you replace a specific lock. So let's say if it was an Eben who's injured, then you look in a different direction because you then need a specific number four lock. So if it's a, a number five lock who's injured, you also look in that particular direction in terms of which specific lock do you replace. It's in, in the same way you look at replacing a loose, a, a making like for like changes um, in in the loose trail. Does Franco Mostad have a chance? I should think he does. He was the one player that came in yesterday uh, on Saturday and actually played very well and even scored. So I think if the if if the coaching staff is looking for experience, one would think that they would probably head in that direction. Mm. I mean, I think for a crunch game like this, I think that probably that is it wouldn't come as a surprise if that's the direction they're going. Okay, and maybe a money Libok in that match day squad. Okay, can you so let's leave it there for now. Well, maybe we'll catch up with you uh, later in the week, or but you can also follow him on social media, folks. He's always updating about what's happening on the box end of the year tour uh, to uh, the, to Europe. There, thank you, Kanyiso Chuaku from Sport Twenty Four for speaking to us. Thank you. Okay, we're going to move on to cricket now.